it is kind of rough. Like you do have to go out in the outhouse sometimes when it's dark and cold, you know, in the middle of the night, if you're all cozied in bed together, like it's going to be a little bit of a rough awakening to have to go out and just have a pee. But also like can be so romantic. Like sometimes when we're, you know, you're in here with someone and the snow's falling outside and it's freezing cold out and you got the wood stove going and and it just becomes like your own magical little oasis. This is Frisky North of 60. I'm Mark Kelly. And I'm Karen McCall. We bring you stories, good and bad, about love and dating in the North. And it's not all bad. It's not all good either. Hey, I'm KB, and I live in a dry cabin. So a dry cabin is pretty common in the Yukon, and um, it can mean a lot of things, but to me it means that I don't have running water and I don't have plumbing. So that means I do use an outhouse, and I get my water from a local source using blue jugs. And so there's no fancy gravity-fed systems in here. Um, I just fill my blue jugs and get my water that way. In the winter, I will actually heat snow on the stove, and that it becomes my washing water and also my water to water my dogs. Which we can hear chewing yes. on some toys in the yes. background. So I'm keeping my dogs calm. Um, if they're outside and we're in here, they're going to be barking uh, and want in. So I have given them bones, and I do apologize for that uh, ambient background noise. <laughs> What's that called? ASMTJ. A- 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 ASMR. ASMR. Mm-hmm. Yes. I was thinking of personality <laughs> profiles. <laughs> it's very meditative. You just have to put the hashtag in when people are searching the podcast now. There yeah. we go. Exactly. <laughs> Tell us a bit about your, your space here, your cabin. Yeah. So this is a really small cabin. Um, I think it's about 14 by 20. I've never actually measured it. So if I tell you the measurement in a year, it might be different. I'm just guessing. And super basic, really well insulated. Um, It's surrounded by trees. So I do live in a neighborhood with other people, but we're all far enough apart that we can barely hear each other and we don't see each other. Um, I do live on a trail and I have access to a whole bunch of trails out back and some really incredible views. So for me, um, you know, the tiny space and the no amenities is worth it for the type of lifestyle that I get to live here. And I do have a neighbor who is my umbilical cord to the grid. So I do not live off grid. I have a power cord run down from my neighbor's house and I exchange chores for things like having a shower and doing laundry and having electricity. Ah, that's convenient. Yeah, that's a good deal. It is an amazing deal. I feel like I have one of the best deals in the Yukon, personally, and it's totally worth it to just have this small space. Um, And if you're curious about what I cook on, um, I don't recommend trying this at home, but I have a well-ventilated area with a Coleman stove and a propane tank that is run outside. So it does say in bold writing, do not use this indoors. So I am doing this at my own risk, but if anyone's curious, uh, that's how I'm cooking in here and of course I do a lot of cooking on the wood stove so in the winter time it's a lot of like stocks and stews and I really love cooking on the wood stove yeah that's great and mm-hmm. you have a, a Vitamix 
Yes. <laughs> it's the best so thing in here. It's amazing. I have a Vitamix, uh, an old school Vitamix that I have to turn everything off to use because of the power draw. And then I do have a soda stream as well that I got at the free store. And I wanted one so bad. And I said, I'm going to wait till it comes up at the free store. And it finally did. And <laughs> it's the best thing ever. That's good knowledge, man. Like the free store out this way is pretty awesome. Yes. It's a curated free store. Yes. It's not just like walk into a pile of junk free store. It's like there are great volunteers who merchandise this free store. Absolutely. And if you do um, shop at the free store, make sure that you are one of those volunteers organizing Mm -hmm. as well. So it's nice if you can just go and fold clothes and hang them up. And I will point out that the majority of what is in this space was either thrifted from yard sales Mm -hmm. or the buy and sell or obtained from the free store. In your cabin, you mean? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So if you look around at um, the shelving, the dresser, um, and then almost every single piece of work clothing that I own was obtained uh, used. And same with the fencing for my dogs. So some of it was obtained for free um, from people just ripping down their fences. And I went and gave them a hand and took the materials or uh, the fencing panels. Most of them I bought used on the buy and sell. I had one of these fences I got rid of in my dog yard. We were doing some landscaping, and it was gone in 10 minutes when I posted it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think uh, it's probably the best investment I ever made in my life because uh, the value is never going to go down. And so I am I feel rich because yeah. I have that fence. <laughs> <laughs> so you live in this beautiful little cabin in the forest, uh, a seemingly romantic spot. Like, What kind of reactions do you get when you bring uh, dates here? Um, <laughs> so it... it can certainly be romantic for some. Um, I did recently have the experience of like really connecting with someone who just wasn't into it. Um, they did come here and stay with me because um, they're visiting their parents for the summer. So first of all, they weren't really interested in the Yukon lifestyle and especially not roughing it. Um, and it was it was kind of interesting to watch them kind of grow their comfort level because the first time that they ever stayed the night, they didn't want to use the outhouse in the morning because there might be mosquitoes. Wow. Oh, that's Ontario. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say where they're from, but, um, but yeah. So, so my friends in Ontario, I'm just kidding, really. I'm just... <laughs> yeah. So I think uh, we have probably less mosquito issues here. So do you think there's, is there a disconnect between like people's vision of like, ooh, romantic cabin life and then like the reality of like, oh, there's no running water and I have to like go outside to pee and that sort of thing? Yeah, it does. It does wear off quickly for people. I find um, like in in the case of that person, um, it was more so just about the connection we shared and not about getting them to appreciate this because I do not live this life to have other people appreciate what I do. Like 100% this life is set up for my own desires and needs. Um, so if someone doesn't like it, like they're kind of free to go. And if they don't want to use the outhouse in the morning, then just don't stay for coffee, you know. Um, and then it, it has swung the other way as well, where um, like someone will show up and they're just immediately dissecting everything that I've set up. And it's kind of like, oh, well, I would have done this and I would have done that. And like, it's, it's, it's given in different ways. Um, it's either like an imaginative assignment, you know, like let's fantasize about what this could be. Um, but sometimes it's literally like, how are you still using blue jugs? You've been here how many years? How do you not have a gravity fed system? And it's like, well, I, 
I rent this cabin. So I can't really make any fundamental changes to it. Um, so, so yeah, there's certainly a disconnect. And I think a lot of people get this idea in their mind of like what a bushwoman is. And they're like, oh, you own a chainsaw and you cut down your own wood. Like, and then they come here and they're like, you have a power cord? And it's like the bubble bursts. <laughs> and they expect me to be using oil lamps or something. And I'm like, no, I did that six years ago and I'll never do it again. And I love being able to plug in and have LED lights and charge my phone. You know, and I'll never apologize for that. But I do think it can go can go really swinging in the opposite direction where, yeah, they expect me to be like way more hardcore than I actually But it's am. a romantic notion, isn't it? Because no one really can live without electricity nowadays. It's pretty difficult. You, you can. You can do oil lamps and all the things you just described. Although you still have to go to work. Yeah. You, you still need to have presentable clothes or you still need to be able to do a handful. Like you need to send emails because that's probably how you communicate with your boss. Like that sort of stuff is kind of the, the norm now. So having a single electrical cord kind of makes sense. I think so. I, I mean, I actually have friends who live off grid who have way fancier setups than me. Right. So it really just depends on like what your personal needs are mm -hmm. and how much you're willing to do without. And, you know, I kind of started this, this journey with having very little. I lived in a tent and I built a log cabin with someone and we suffered our first winter. We didn't have the cabin finished. We didn't have any of our firewood. We weren't able to plug in anything. And we were like showering at friends' houses once a week and plugging in our phones and telling our families we were okay. And yeah, it was, it was really tough. And I don't think I could have worked a regular job that way. And also, it's kind of funny because I meet a lot of people on Tinder. So, of course, I have a phone. Of course, I have <laughs> right. internet connection. <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's like, you want me to reply to those text messages? I need a power cord. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just... You swiped right, pal. Like, there's only one way that can happen. Exactly. Yeah. But on that note, anyone who dates me quickly realizes, like, my priority is fulfilling this lifestyle so i'm not going to hang out until my wood pile is finished or you know i'm not willing to just like go away for a weekend when there's work to be done at the cabin so i'm often trying to balance this lifestyle um with making room and making space for dating and i know everyone has that struggle with their busy lives but my busyness just happens to be maintaining the property and right cutting down trees and all so, of that do you ever incorporate um dates and and like the chores that you need to do <laughs> yes yes that's um that's kind of the hack um <laughs> I, I did recently have um it's it's a person in my life who i would say is the closest thing to a life partner i found um i don't know if i explained my my dating style but i'm not like in a rush to get married I'm not in a rush to find a life partner. I'm really independent. Um, and I also don't follow like monogamy. Um, so I'm, I'm usually dating multiple people and it can either be a weekend or it can be longstanding, long distance lovers. And I do have several longstanding, long distance lovers. And there's one and he was here recently, and it's it's been a couple of years since I've seen him because he is American, so he wasn't even able to come up. And, you know, I kind of offered, you know, if you want to come up here and just relax and have a good time. Um, he just completed the CDT, 
So he just hiked for five months. That's oh. the Continental Divide oh, Trail. Yeah. Right. I was oh, just cool. trying to think of so, what trail that was. Yeah, okay. I think if I hiked for five months, yeah. I would want to just come and like lay down. Put like, my feet up. But he mm-hmm. helped me build that fence. So he drove like every single staple in and he moved so much wood for me when I was at work. And, you know, he was like, are you going to feel loved by me if you come home and I'm just like hanging out? Or are you going to like, is that love going to resonate long term if you come home every day and you remember that I drove every single staple in that fence for you? So definitely like I feel I don't require it, but I feel like if someone comes here and they really want to like help invest in my space, then I do feel like we in the end, like have a deeper connection. Yeah, that's that's super nice. <laughs> do you ever do you ever advertise that on Tinder too? Like looking for a good man to like help me with my wood pile or good man or woman to help me with my wood pile? Yeah, so um I did that a couple of years ago and I made it really clear though, I said this isn't a romantic offering because I was way more interested in being warmed by fire than being warmed <laughs> by a person, uh, like man or woman. And so I yeah, I put up a little shingle and I said like I'm just looking for someone to cut wood with I don't feel super confident on my own but I do have my own chainsaw I do have a trailer and so I did end up meeting someone and they actually had access to a lot of fire smarted wood from the year before so fire smart is a program where you know there's a lot of there's a lot of trees down at the end of it so they're maintaining the forests and they do often leave the wood for people to harvest for their their own fuel consumption so that person ended up being a gold mine because they not only were willing to help me go and hunt for wood but they also had access to like a gold mine and so i'm still burning that wood today some of it um and we ended up kind of like fizzling out our friendship because I know he was a little more interested in me than I was in him. Um, and if you're listening, it was mainly just because you're like 15 years younger than me. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> that, was, that was the biggest part. Oh. Um, but you guys hung, like hung out a little bit doing the wood chores and stuff? Yeah, yeah. He ended up being really helpful. Um, but currently, um, one of my really good friends, her boyfriend has a big truck and he wants to learn more about logging. And he needs wood for his shop. So now we have like a good rapport going where the expectations are really clear. Like he's kind of like my guy buddy. And we just go out in the bush together and yeah, we just uh, just cut trees down and (laughs) and he's learning really quickly. And it's just, I find with that kind of work, um, I'd rather go out in the bush with someone who's inexperienced, but really listens. So if I say I'm not comfortable, they stop. Um, rather than someone who's like confident and taking risks. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I found a really good wood buddy. But if anyone else is out there struggling, I mean, try what I tried. And as long as you set expectations from the beginning and, you know, you don't you don't dangle the idea of a romance that's never going to be there, um, then you might luck out. (laughs) That's great advice, (laughs) especially around here when everybody needs wood. Yes. Yeah, it could mm-hmm. also be reciprocal, like I'll chop your wood if you chop my wood, right. kind of thing. That's right. <laughs> Precisely. Right? Have you ever dated someone else who lives off grid? So you're like kind of yeah, you're kinda of like chore swapping and um, that sort of thing? Not so much like in a romantic sense. I find that there's been a lot of women in my life that we just get this incredible connection and 
you know, maybe we're both single and not super interested in anything romantic, but we'll we'll trade back and forth. So yeah, like one one week I'm building your fence and then the next week you're helping me with this trail that needs clearing. Mm-hmm. So that is absolutely a thing. Um Although I did recently meet someone, we've only had one date, so I never get expectations early. I'm just, yeah. one date is one date. Smart. But uh, this person, he lives on the other side of town and also is like me, where he's like, well, why don't we just come here? So I'm not sure if that'll work out because of the distance. Like, if you live an hour out of town and you're dating someone else who lives a distance out of town, it quickly turns into a long-distance relationship. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, I'm open to to seeing how that goes. So the, so the two of you are two hours apart? Is that what you're saying? This particular person is like half an hour out of town. Okay, okay. So, so you, But I've done it before where it's like right. an hour each. Each direction. And that, that that's long distance. Yeah, that is basically yeah. long distance. Has that in sometimes actually ended a relationship because both of you are too busy to, to do the drive? Yeah, yeah. And honestly, I, I've had a lot of things fizzle out just because of the drive. Mm-hmm. And especially in the winter, it, it can be a little bit treacherous and there's animals on the road and it gets dark quickly. So in the beginning, it's that romantic notion of like, well, the drive out to your cabin is spectacular. It's world class views. And it is. But then once you've done it a few times and suddenly, you know, the girl down the street is looking more interesting <laughs> because she's down the street, then then things fizzle out quite often. Do you have deal breakers that are related to this? Things that you that you have like hard nose on. Yeah, the the dogs. Um, yeah. If someone doesn't appreciate the fact that my dogs are basically my children, um, and they just think like, oh, just shove the dogs in the corner and or send them to a friend's house or whatever, um, that's a quick deal breaker. Um, I don't need them to like love my dogs because like not all dogs and people get along, but I do need them to appreciate the fact that they're one of the most important things in my life. Um, so that would be my biggest deal breaker. Um, but no, mostly my deal breakers are just like respect based, you know, like I'm I'm more interested in like the intellectual connection because I would absolutely like have a life partnership with someone who never lived my lifestyle. Like if I found someone and they wanted to live in Whitehorse and we were madly in love, then, you know, they could come here and it would feel like camping and I could go there and like use their laundry. <laughs> <laughs> right. So you don't, you, you're open to the idea of not conforming to each other's lifestyles. Of Absolutely. I think I always would love to live alone. Like the longer I do it, the more I feel like, hmm. oh, I just, I just like the fact that if I start a project and I strew it all over my bed and I stay awake for 20 hours just working on something and I'm obsessed. I don't want to have to consider like my partner who might need to go to sleep. <laughs> um, and there's just a lot of other things too, where I really love living alone. I think ideally if I were to have my dream set up, I would have a property and like one cabin each and you couldn't see each other's mm-hmm. cabins and like some common space in between and I think, yeah, I'm just imagining it's 
kind of like when couples have their own rooms, but mm-hmm. our own rooms would have like a little bit of a hike in between. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You got to really want to go over there at 30 below. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's got to be real but You know, it'll be warm. It'll least. be well worth it, maybe. <laughs> well, you put the outhouse in the middle because then oh, you're already halfway. Meet in the middle. <laughs> meet in yeah. the middle. You're like, darn it. We're in there right now. This like, reminds me of like, people who have two whole outhouses. I've never understood. So like you could have that in the middle. Yeah, hold hands. The two holder, the two holder. I don't. Get I think it. that's just so that you have a bigger hole. But then you have two so seats. It fills in I don't know anybody's yeah. used it. I don't know. Maybe as long as it's not a double decker. <laughs> like one on top of the other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that should be a criteria. That ought to be in the handbook for out for outhouse building. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, don't do the don't do a don't do an apartment style one. It has to be bungalow style. <laughs> yes, precisely. <laughs> Let's talk about, we talked about some of the chores you do um, sometimes with potential lovers. What about other outdoor activities? Yeah, I do like going out and exploring um, and harvesting berries. Um, So especially if if it's someone who doesn't live in this area, I'm always really excited to show them the sights. And if they want to go on a bigger hike, we do have different mountains around that have awesome trails. Um, I'm not much of a camper anymore. Now that I've lived this way for a while, um, if someone wants to go camping, I'm like, all right, I'll see you when you get back. (laughs) But to be clear, you're not camping every day here. No, but you're like one step away from it. Right. Like every day I'm outside. You're like on a hut to hut tour. Kind of like that. Yeah, exactly. It's glamping. It's glamping. It's, it's. High class glamping, right? But I just I don't feel the desire to go out in a tent anymore. Mm-hmm. I used to love it. I used to just camp all the time, and now I'm like, no, I'm good. Yeah. No, I like get your fill. Yep, exactly. That makes sense. Uh, you and I kind of uh, talked a bit um, about, I guess, like sex capades outside. Uh, is yeah. that something you're still interested in talking a little bit about? Absolutely. Yeah. So that is an activity. Um, and it definitely depends on the person. I will put down a disclaimer right now and say that um, it's super important to me as someone who does outdoor sex to not get caught. It's not about including other people who are unwilling in your kink. It's 100% about the thrill and the primal nature of it. And I kind of discovered this when I was young and and living with my parents and just where else are you gonna go <laughs> right. um and then it's it's stuck with me for my entire life so um yeah i've i've had sex on top of a mountain that you know has panoramic views and all in these trails for sure um the closest i think i've ever been to being caught was someone on an ATV came up like moments later. So I suspect that they heard what was going on. Um, and hey, they they still came up and they were pretty excited to be talking to us. So I, I don't think I ruined that person's day. Just to be clear, they could hear you over an ATV engine. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> It was a that really, was really fun time. That yeah. sounds great. <laughs> um, I don't know if, if you've ever tried it, but I just find like the thrill of it just brings it to the next level. Um, and there was there was another time, hopefully I can talk about this, where 
I was I was seeing someone and their job involved driving a tour bus. And one time the bus was coming back for maintenance and they had to drive past where I live. And they were like, hey, I'm driving this empty bus back. And I was like, oh, let's meet at this amazing scenic spot. And so we had to be quick because I don't know if you've ever like seen a tour bus pulled over all the cars that drive past think that there must be an animal or something. So all the cars are going to be interested. So we were lucky that day and about three cars pulled in as I was driving away. Um, and I guess he was like, I don't really have a good reason to be here. Like, <laughs> well, he does, but say. not you can't tell anybody. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So, so that was thrilling. Um, but yeah, do you have any do you have any questions about that? Do you th- is it something that kind of needs to be planned out ahead of time? Like, do we need a picnic blanket or like bug spray if the bugs are bad? You know, things that would take away from the enjoyment of such an activity. I guess like part of the reason why it appeals to me is some people have a comfort zone, and yeah, something like having pine needles on your butt cheeks or mosquitoes biting your face, they'd be like out of it. I don't notice those things. Like, I find my comfort zone, I have to kind of, like, remind myself to go back in it. You might notice from my lifestyle, I don't really need much. Um, So personally, no. You can hold on to a tree. You can, I mean, you just want to make sure you're not, like, hurting yourself. But if you are someone who has a high comfort zone, yeah, definitely go prepared. Um, Bring your blanket um make sure there's probably not going to be anyone around bug spray but don't have bug spray like on your hands right because then you're gonna or like anywhere that you want to be touching each other with your mouths um yeah so that would be disgusting (laughs) i don't think deet tastes very well i think if someone started spraying deet before the deed i would be i would be like no man let's (laughs) Can you just jump in the it's lake? A bit of a buzzkill. Yeah, we'll try again. Um, but I will say, like a good, uh, a good piece of kit to have if you're going to set up a little kit would be wet wipes. Oh, yeah. mm. That's general. Yes. Those are just a standard. Yes, they're mm-hmm. a standard for this lifestyle. Um, so if you know, if I'm going to have someone here for consecutive days, wet wipes become a very central part. Have you ever been with anybody who hadn't um, had sex outside, who was kind of like nervous about it or kind of, yeah, just not as comfortable? So I did, and they were not, like, they performed so well. And this particular... Um, <laughs> Great choice of words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this particular one was in the winter, and it was like mm. minus 15, and... I was, like, not having any expectations. We were talking about it, and I was like, why are we talking about this? Let's just go do it. Um, And I was so impressed with just, yeah, this. that was a really amazing, and, yeah, that was a really wonderful time because, I don't know, yeah, he's, he's never done it before, but it was like he's been doing it his whole life. So I think I think we were just both also really impressed with how well it went. Mm. Um, and there's just something about just looking at, yeah, like a world-class view. And there's no walls. There's no windows. You've got the elements on your skin and just coming together like that. And I kind of like gave him a suggested time frame and he stayed within it. 
So otherwise, I think it would have become uncomfortable. Right. I think, I think we would have both been way too cold. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that does make me think think of like a full sensory experience. Like you're just talking about the elements and like the scenery. And yeah, I could see that's like a very heightened experience. Yeah, like the wind almost becomes part of it. Mm. The elements almost become like... A third. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go have a threesome with the wilderness. With the wilderness. <laughs> True hey, nature That's kind connection. of a cool idea. <laughs> I don't know that below minus 15 would be very good. Like frostbite starts to be a consideration, right? Unless you're, unless you're just having, like, unless you're properly clothed, like you've prepped your, what you're wearing. Yeah. And you really want to get your body heated up first. Same with any, um, I've done quite a few winter activities in the nude. Like I've actually gone dog sledding in the nude. Um, I tend to roll in the snow on a pretty regular basis. And I find that as long as you get yourself really warmed up beforehand, take off the clothes and you set them up, like you don't want to throw your pants on the ground so they get filled with snow. Right. You set things up, preferably like hanging from a tree in the sun. And then, you know, you can keep your boots on if it's cold. Um, And then you just quickly get dressed after and skin to skin is like really nice and warm too. So if if you're kind of freezing, then it's almost nice to like snuggle a bit after to warm yourselves up. Um, and I'm like pretty cold tolerant, so I usually let them put their hands in my armpits if they're really struggling. <laughs> <laughs> and then you you just get dressed and you just start moving as quickly as possible. You also want to evacuate the area just in case anyone's gonna come skiing by. But um, personally, You're like, look at those snow angels. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> why, why is the snow steaming? <laughs> why, why is there a body shape print right to the grass? <laughs> but that's that's another reason I like to get up high because then I can see what's going on. Mm-hmm. And if you see anyone coming, obviously their um, enjoyment of the trail prioritizes your in- enjoyment of. Well, we hear, we live in the Yukon, so there's lots of there is lots of space between people. So if, if you were an hour north of Toronto, it would be a different scenario than if you are an hour north of Whitehorse. Well, except if you I don't know the trail. If you're on a designated trail though on a weekend, like, it's busier. Yeah, yeah, yes, kinda, I, yeah, right. But we're talking about thirty five thousand people versus three point five million people. So mm-hmm. like you do have some space for this here. Mm-hmm. So you might for our far away listeners, there may be you know some extra planning that takes place because you are in a more populated place. Absolutely, yeah. Like I'm definitely speaking to a very unique experience, <laughs> yeah. and I'm definitely very, very spoiled with with what I have available to me in my own backyard. Yeah, yeah, that's true. We talked earlier about uh, your your cabin and sort of all the work around it, and um, it is heated by a wood stove, so it can freeze. Um, and I know you mentioned that there's some considerations for like. Um, contraceptives with with not letting the cabin freeze and such. Yeah, that's definitely like a PSA that I want to put out there because um, a lot of people don't realize that condoms freeze. So if you are in a wood stove only heated space, you definitely want to keep them like in your cooler or like some. And I, I I'm talking about a cooler as as like I don't put ice packs in my cooler. Like I just put food in there that I want to keep at a somewhat stable temperature. Um, so, so yeah, definitely. I, I have had a lot of people come over who didn't realize that condoms can freeze. And so don't let your condoms freeze. Um, 
Because they might be, yeah, less effective because they're rubber, I guess, right? So, yeah. Yeah. I think the, I'm not like fully up to date on what the manufacturers suggest, but if they go below freezing, they're definitely considered no good. Mm -hmm. And so I would like a no good condom is, is like having no contraceptive. Um, Yeah. So that's definitely a consideration. Um, I had, I had someone here who I can't, like, I can't, I can't say this is my, my own thought, but um, someone was saying it's kind of like the old guys and their sourdough. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're like a dude living in a cabin or like a person living in a cabin who wants to have contraceptives on hand, um, you should almost have like your little sourdough pouch and keep it next to your body. Right. Okay. So that's a reference like back in the coming over the Chilkoot Trail days with the sourdough starter. Like you have to keep it at a certain temperature. Mm-hmm. And there's, yeah, stories about these miners, prospectors, whoever's keeping these little, yeah. yeah, close to their body for yeah. heat. Poke yeah. of gold and a poke of, of sourdough starter. Right. And mm-hmm. a condom while and, you're at and it. And now a condom. Yeah. yeah. So you have three pokes. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, it's not that often, I guess, that your cabin freezes solid. Like if you, you have to be away for a few days, I guess, in I the winter. Fr- mine will freeze solid overnight. Oh, um, well, okay. Yeah. I'm not really, it's a small wood stove and I'm not like getting up in the middle of the night. So often I do wake up in here and you can see your breath. And um, if it's if it's minus 30 outside, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was minus 20 in here. I'm a really sound sleeper when I'm asleep. So I'll have like both my dogs just like on top of me and it gets it gets cold in here. So if I had condoms out, I would throw those out for sure. I would not trust them. So even in the cooler that they, at minus 20, they'd probably still be mm-hmm. too cold. Like, yeah, would you was, like put them in the bed with you or something just to have more body heat? If, yeah, if I was regularly, I would, yeah, put them in my pocket on my person. And I know you're not supposed to like put condoms in wallets and stuff. So this is, this is like if I know someone's coming the next day. Normally, I'm dating people who are coming through Whitehorse anyways. So normally, I'll just buy like a couple at a time, you know, the smallest pack, and then I'll just let them know like if you. If you want to have sex, you've got to buy condoms and take them with you. So if I'm if I'm dating someone with a normal house, then they're responsible for that. But as an independent woman, I do like to always have my own contraceptives. And then I can also control what happens to them, right? I know they're not sitting in someone's wallet being sat on all day. Um, so, so, yeah, like if I know they're coming, I'll just like put it in my in my pocket so what about showering and all that kind of thing? Like after, you know, like there is a cleanup, sometimes a mop up session afterwards. So what do you, what do you do about that? Definitely wet wipes after. Um, and then I try to, I try. But they freeze. Sorry to cut you off there, but I, but they freeze too. They do. Yeah. yeah. I usually don't have the house that cold though. If there's someone here, right. um, I mean, paper towels don't freeze. Yeah. Toilet paper doesn't freeze. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, I mean, you can go and wipe yourself down with snow. Yeah, it's a definite, uh, it's a definite thing. Um, as far as showering, though, I, I do have access to a shower. I'm really, really fortunate to have like full access to several people's houses. It's not just one. I kind of like, can, I have keys to my friends' places in town. Um, so if I know someone's coming, I'm always sure to have a shower. It's just when they're here for days and days and days that you just, you do the wet wipes. And in the summer, I usually try and go for a swim and wash up a bit. Right. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, you get you get used to a different uh, standard of cleanliness <laughs> when yeah. you live this way. And I don't know that um, there's something to be said too for that kind of smell of like you've been working hard all day or like you've got a bit of sawdust or whatever pine needles on you or something too, right? That's its own appeal and pheromones and all that. I fully agree. I'd rather smell that than cologne mm-hmm. any day. Okay, so you have any more advice for folks that are going to do this? Um, oh, we uh, I I told Karen about this before, but um, this. This is like tongue in cheek, but also um, we had talked about what I called my Tinder pile. So because I'm, I'm actively dating, I often meet people who like are really keen to chop wood. Like we're, we're chatting, we might hang out in town once or twice and they're like, I want to come see your place and I want to chop wood. So I like to take advantage of this by if I am trying to chop wood and it's really naughty and I hit it a couple times and I just don't want to put out the effort. I'll just toss it aside, and that's my Tinder pile. And then when they come here, I'm like, you want a challenge? You can chop this wood. And I actually brought that to a different level a couple years ago where my neighbor was like, I'm going to rent a log splitter for all my wood that I can't do myself. And it was about a cord of wood, and it was like the tough stuff. And I had a particularly vigorous individual here who really wanted to chop challenging wood. And so I sent him over and he chopped her wood. A whole cord? Oh. Pretty much. Wow. It was like probably face cord, but still like. Yeah, it's a lot of wood. It was. Especially a... when it's hard to chop wood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thankfully, it was minus 30. So that it helps. was popping open. Uh... It's a lot easier. And I sent him with like my axe, which is a little bigger than hers, but it saved her getting a log splitter. And <gasps> and he felt pretty good about himself right? after too. and. <gasps> Win, win, win. Um, But yeah, advice wise, I guess like it's kind of the same as as dating anywhere, like manage your expectations. I think expectations are one of like the biggest killers of joy. So I think if you're going to show up at someone's house and they're living an alternative lifestyle, like take take your time to take it in and, and get to know and like understand like why they're doing things the way they're doing them. Um, Because if you're always putting your own expectations on things, like you're going to walk away disappointed and you won't even have understood what you just saw. So that's that's a big one for sure. Um, And and yeah, like it is it is kind of rough. Like you do have to go out in the outhouse sometimes when it's dark and cold and I do pee outside. So, you know, in the middle of the night, if you're all cozied in bed together, like it's going to be a little bit of a rough awakening to have to go out and just have a pee. Um, so, yeah, just just come planning to to genuinely rough it. Um, but also like it can be so romantic, like sometimes when we're, you know, you're in here with someone and the snow's falling outside and it's freezing cold out and you got the wood stove going and, you know, it's almost like nothing else matters. Like there's no traffic. Like you don't really hear many sounds, just the two of you. And of course the dogs. Um, and it just becomes like your own magical little oasis. Uh, so, so it can be really, really lovely if you just like take the time to get to know it. Um, and I, I do have a piece of advice for dog owners who live in one-room places. Train your dogs not to disturb you when you're having sex. I swear every single person 
I've ever had in here in a sexual way has told me a story about someone with an untrained dog who just jumped in in the middle. And I really, I really preemptively taught my dogs, like, this is off limits. I taught them, you need to ask to come in my bed. Um, and now, like, they just ignore me. Like, I swear my one dog is, like, rolling her eyes. <laughs> you a teenager? <laughs> Are you uh, done yet? <laughs> going at it again. Okay. I'll get a treat after. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing. It's yeah. so interesting to learn about uh, cabin lifestyle and cabin dating. Yeah, yeah thanks. It's awesome. Thanks for coming in my, hanging out in my tiny little space. This episode was recorded in and around Whitehorse Yukon. Sometimes we use the podcast studio at Uconstruct. And sometimes I record in my closet. Our music is by Anthony Vega, Sexy Time. Thanks for listening in. We would love to hear from you with story ideas or feedback. Get in touch through Facebook, the Twitter, or email us at friskynorthof60 at gmail.com. That's friskynorthof with the number 60 at gmail.com. We'd also love to get a rating, preferably four stars or above, from whatever podcast app you are using. Thanks very much, everybody. Stay frisky. Stay frisky. Stay frisky.